the untold stories of Christmas, a never-ending story. We're going to conclude this series uh, that we started a few weeks ago uh, this morning, and, uh, and we hope you've been blessed uh, by some of the, the untold stories we've told so far. For the last three weeks, we've been talking about these untold stories, uh, some behind-the-scene truths uh, that we may not really think about when we consider Christmas. We all know the basic story, right? The, uh, God came to earth as a baby, to Bethlehem, to a land far away on a quiet night. Uh, there were shepherds and angels and wise men and a drummer boy. <laughs> uh, we know the story. That, that's how it happened, right? Well, maybe minus the drummer boy. Um, where did that come from, anyway? Uh, but, but as we've seen, you know, that scene is not everything about Christmas, is it? Now, that's not even most of the story of Christmas. It, it, it's part of the beginning uh, of the story. But the nativity is definitely not the end of the Christmas story. In fact, after 2,000 years, the Christmas story is still not over yet. It's a never-ending story. The Christmas story began on that quiet night in Bethlehem when Joseph and Mary couldn't find a room at the Bethlehem Inn. So they stayed in the barn out back, uh, and there Jesus was born. Uh, but then the Christmas story continued as this boy grew to be a toddler. Uh, then he was five years old, then he was eight years old, then he was a preteen and a teenager. Uh, then he was a young man in his 20s. Uh, we don't know a whole lot about those years. There's one story about when he was 12, but other than that, we don't know uh, anything about those early years of Jesus' life. You know, what, what was uh, the first word that Jesus spoke? Uh, how many months was it before uh, he, he walked for the first time? Um, how many months old was he when he walked on water for the first time? <laughs> you know, th did he ever take swimming lessons or did he just say, well, I'll just walk? Uh, did he play Little League uh, baseball? Was he a member of the BSN? You know, the Boy Scouts of Nazareth. Uh, we don't know any of those things about Jesus' childhood and his early adulthood. But uh, at the end, at, at the age of 30, we do. We pick up on, on Jesus' life uh, from that point. The Christmas story continues at age 30. As Jesus leaves home, he leaves his life as a local carpenter with his dad, um, and he goes public with the idea that he is the Son of God, that he is the promised Messiah, that he is the Savior of the world. One of the names that Jesus is called in the Bible is Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with us. The Christmas, uh, is all ab Christmas story is all about Emmanuel. God came to be with us. And so at 30, Jesus revealed who he was and, and begins to teach and do miracles and fulfill the promises of the Old Testament, uh, proving that he is Emmanuel, that he is God with us. The story of Christmas, of, of God coming to earth, was continuing in a now more public and powerful way as Jesus begins his ministry. And so, for three years, the story of Christmas continues as people get to meet and shake hands with and hug and learn from 
and be healed by God himself in human flesh. But then the story of Christmas takes a discouraging turn. Uh, uh, as Jesus is arrested because the religious leaders of that day are, are jealous and they feel threatened by his popularity, Jesus is put on trial, he's put to death, he's buried in a tomb, and then, for three days, silence. Silence. It seemed like Christmas was finally over. The religious leaders certainly thought it was over. They thought that they had defeated their enemy. Satan, he thought it was over. Ah, he had dealt a blow to God. Even the apostles thought that it was over. They were hiding in their house, afraid of the authorities that they would be arrested. It seems God is no longer with us. His presence no longer here on earth. But then, the story of Christmas takes yet another turn. Jesus walks out of the tomb. He's alive. He's back. Christmas is back on, everybody. God is still with us. He is still Emmanuel. And it's so exciting for those who had put their faith in him, the apostles and all the followers of Jesus. You know, now they're hanging out with God again. They thought he was gone. They thought he was dead. But he's, he's back. He's back. They're experiencing the presence of the Almighty once again in their life. And for 40 days, it continues like this. And it's amazing for those followers and then the Christmas story takes yet another turn because Jesus says, all right, everybody, I'm leaving. I'm going back to heaven. You know, in our mortal mind, we might think this move was kind of strange for Jesus. I mean, we might think, you know, if I were Jesus, if I were Jesus and I had risen from the dead after everybody claimed that I wasn't who I said I was, I would go to as many places as possible, and I would show as many people as possible, hey, I'm alive, I am the Son of God, look, I rose from the grave. I mean, that would prove everything, wouldn't it, if I did that? Would it make sense to, to make appearances on all the late night TV shows and, and, and do a speaking tour all over the Roman Empire? Uh, since he's immortal, Jesus could have done a perpetual world tour a tour a tour that that would never end every for all eternity even today he could still be traveling and telling everybody who he was showing everybody the scars on his hands and and performing some miracles and giving testimony of everything that happened to him but that's not what jesus did no he rose from the dead stayed for 40 days appeared to a few hundred people Spent a lot of time with his disciples, teaching and training them for ministry. And then he said, guys, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. And if you're one of his followers, you know, that has to be extremely confusing and disappointing. I mean, why? You were gone. Now you're back. This is great. This is great. We get to be with you. You can prove yourself to people now. Why would you ever leave? 
It makes no sense. Great, now the Christmas story is really over. God will no longer be with, with us. No more Emmanuel. I don't understand, Jesus. Why? Why? And Jesus says something very interesting to his followers. In John chapter 16, verse 6 and 7, Jesus said, Rather, you are filled with grief because I have said these things. But very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Jesus said, it's for your good that I'm going away. But, but if I'm one of the disciples, you know, that just doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense that it's for my good. I, I'm sure they thought that the best thing would be for Jesus to stay right there where, where he was with them. And, and we can relate to that, can't we? You know, how, how many of us have thought, how much better would it be? How, how much greater would our spiritual lives improve if we had the same opportunities that Peter, James, and John had, you know, to, to have Jesus living and breathing in the flesh with us, living with us. Even non-Christians will say similar things. Michael Newdow is an avowed atheist. He's the guy who has led the drive to get under God, taken out of the Pledge of Allegiance. Once during a debate about the existence of God, Newdow stepped out from behind his podium he walked to the front of the stage, looked up to the sky, and he said, Okay, God, prove to me that you exist. Just come down right here to this platform where I'm standing and prove that you're real. You know, perhaps you've experienced times in your life where doubt or fear or confusion has, has led you to look up to God and say, God, please let me know you're there. I need to know. I need to know. We understand wanting God to be with us. Now, 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 it's interesting that we see in the Bible that even when God does show up in the flesh, you know, people still struggled with their faith. Uh, many still, even though Jesus was right there performing miracles, proving himself, they still didn't believe that he was who he said he was. Yet we can understand the disciples back then saying, leave, leave. What do you mean, leave? Don't leave. Stay with us. Don't end the Christmas story now. We like having God with us. Stay, stay. And Jesus says, no, no, it's better for you that I go. And, and if I were them, and even now, I would want to know why, God, why why is it better that you leave? One of my favorite Christmas movies is It's a Wonderful Life, starring uh, Jimmy Stewart. Uh, it's the story, many of you know it and have seen it, it's the story of George Bailey, played by Jimmy Stewart, who, who struggles to see the value of his life. Uh, in fact, he wonders if the world wouldn't be better if he had never been born. Well, uh, with the help of, a, of an angel who's trying to earn his wings named Clarence, uh, who causes a miracle to happen, and, and George is able to see his life uh, if he had never existed, and what would happen if he had never existed. By the end of the story, he discovers just how much his life meant to those people around him. Now, even though he couldn't see it at the time, he had lived a wonderful life evidenced by the blessing he had been to others. The world wouldn't have been better without him, 
it would have been worse. This morning, I want to think about this question. Why would it have been worse if Jesus never left? If Jesus never left? Uh, I want to know the answer. Uh, why, why is life here on earth more wonderful because he's not here in the flesh? It, it doesn't make sense. Well, let's look at, at that passage again that we just read in John 16. We'll read the whole thing this time. John 16, verse 6 and 7. Jesus said, rather, you are filled with grief because I have said these things. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Jesus said, this is why. This is why. It's better if I leave because if I leave, I will send the advocate, the helper, some versions say, or the friend other versions say who is this advocate who is this friend this helper well the advocate is just another name for the holy spirit the bible tells us that though there there is one god god exists in three persons god the father god the son and god the holy spirit so jesus is saying christmas isn't going away it's not it's not going to be over christmas is all about what god with us god's presence here on earth um, is is always here when i leave guess what his presence is still going to be here in the form of god the holy spirit i'm going to send him to you and so god will continue to be with you emmanuel is not going to end god's presence will still be here on earth and the Holy Spirit being with you, guess what? Is better than me being with you, Jesus is saying. Now, I think most of us stop here and we ask the question, why? You know, why, why is the Holy Spirit's presence better than Jesus's? Well, let's think about that for a minute. When Jesus was here on earth, the fact that he lived as a person in the flesh, uh, it involved some limitations to him. Uh, for example, as far as we know, Jesus was never in two places at the same time. Because he had a physical body, just like everybody else, uh, he was limited by time and space, just like everybody else. Uh, but the Holy Spirit is not limited by time and space. No, he can be in an infinite number of places all at the same time. Now, if Jesus had stuck around, uh, and stayed forever, maybe he, maybe he would do a world tour, <laughs> you know. And so potentially, he might make a stop, say, in Raleigh every year. Uh, or maybe every now and then, every other year, he might stop in Wilson. Um, you might get to see him physically in the summer, whenever his stop in Raleigh took place. Or maybe you'd catch him on TV some. At each stop, maybe he'd do a little teaching, perform a few miracles. Perhaps he would even carve out a few uh, moments of one-on-one -on -one time with some people. But still, it would just be a few moments every year, maybe. Maybe. Because he could only be in one place at a time, and there's a lot of people to see. There's a lot of places to be. But because the Holy Spirit is not limited 
in that way. You and I and everybody else in the world can be in the presence of God any time. With the Holy Spirit, you can experience Emmanuel every moment of your life, no matter where you are. And it's not only that, that you get more time in the presence of God, it's also that the presence of God gets in you. Yes, in you. Back in the Old Testament, God was pretty distant. I mean, in order to get, be in the presence of God, you had, really, you had to go to Jerusalem and, and stand outside the temple where, where, where God's presence was in that, that special room, the holy of holy place. And uh, he did interact with certain people like Moses and Abraham. Maybe he'd speak to them, sometimes maybe through a burning bush or, or something like that. But, but it was rare, and only a handful of people got to interact with God. In the New Testament, God came closer, much more intimate with Jesus. Uh, with, during that time, you could shake God's hand if you met Jesus. You could give him a hug if you wanted to. Uh, but when Jesus left, God came even closer. Uh, then Jesus came, came far more intimate. Because the Bible teaches very clearly that whenever someone chooses to become a Christian, the Holy Spirit moves into and takes up spiritual residence within the person, within the Christian. You know, the Bible says in Romans 8, verse 9, you have the, Holy, the Spirit of God living in you. You have the Spirit of God living in you. Now, now I know we, we think it would be so cool if, if Jesus were, were here so we could get to see God up close. We could touch God's hands and see the scars on his, on his hands. But, but, but that doesn't even compare with God living in you. I think we don't understand or, or we forget what an amazing thing it is that God's Spirit lives within us. And it's interesting that the Holy Spirit, uh, in a very real sense, makes Jesus present within us. You know, so, so Jesus is still here. He's still with us. In Romans 8, verse 9, the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of Christ. And, and Jesus taught that the Spirit would help Christ, followers of Christ be directed to Jesus. You know, look at what uh, Jesus said in, in John 15, verse 26. The Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. So why is it better for Jesus to leave? Well, first, because the Holy Spirit that he sent allows you to be in the presence of God all the time. Not just some of the time, but all the time. And it allows you to have the presence of God in you. Not just in front of you or near you, but in you. But there's more. There's more. It's not just because of the presence of God in the Holy Spirit, but it's also because of the power of God that we get to experience through the Holy Spirit, the power of God. Jesus said in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I love the, the Disney movies featuring The Incredibles. Don't you love them? Uh, the Incredibles are, are this entire family of superheroes. 
uh, all of them, mom, who is Elastigirl, and dad, who is Mr. Incredible, and, and all three of the kids have supernatural abilities that they can use to fight crime and evil in the world. They have these superhuman abilities while they also continue to live their human lives uh, as husband and wife and, and mom and dad and, 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 and kids. Uh, they, they face all the same challenges that any human family would uh, they face the challenges of marriage, of parenting, of what's for supper, uh, making a living, broken hearts, finding a babysitter. And of course, The Incredibles is a fictional story. Uh, but what if there was a way to really have miraculous power to help us as we live our lives as Christians, uh, live our lives in our families, uh, on our jobs, as we deal with the drama of life uh, as we struggle with our weaknesses, our relationships, our walk with God? What if we had a miraculous power to help us with that? Well, according to Jesus, we who follow him do have miraculous power. We have the power of the Holy Spirit within us, a power that, that does give us the ability to fight off evil in our life. Not, not the fictional villains of the Incredibles like uh, Syndrome and uh, Bomb Voyage and Underminer, but real villains that we face in our life like selfishness, greed, sexual immorality, pride, hatred. Now, some of you might say, well, you know what? I'm a Christian and, and I have the Holy Spirit. Uh, but, you know, I don't really feel any real power. What, where is this power you're talking about? What's up with that? What's up with that? Well, I, I, I think the power of the Holy Spirit is like any kind of source of power in this world. You know, all of you have electrical outlets in your house. As you're sitting in your living room or wherever you are watching uh, Facebook Live, uh, you can look around your room and you can see... Uh, some of these outlets that are in your house. Each of them is a source of some serious electrical power. Most of them have a 110 volts right there for you. Some of them have 220. Some of them right now are providing that power to something, to your computer that you're watching, or to your Christmas tree over in the corner, or to your television, uh, or to your lamp that you, that you have on. Others are sitting there, and they're doing absolutely nothing. Uh, why? Is it because some of the outlets are better than others or some of them have more power than others? No, they all have the same exact power. It, uh, it, it's just because some, some of the outlets have things plugged into them. And so those, plug, those outlets are providing power to whatever is plugged into them. Even though an outlet has potential for power, you've got to be plugged into it for the power to be used. Uh, in our neighborhood, uh, Jackie and I noticed that there's a lot more Christmas lights outside than usual. I don't know if that's because of COVID or what, but, but we were amazed at how many uh, people in our neighborhood put up Christmas lights outside. But then, then there were still others who didn't. As you drove through the neighborhood, there were some houses that are just dark and there's no lights at all. Um, uh, is it because some of them have power and some of them don't? No, they all have power. 
Some of them have chosen to plug into it with their Christmas lights, and others have not. You know, it's the same thing with the Holy Spirit, um, with, with the power that God gives us through the Holy Spirit. For every person who chooses to commit their lives to Jesus, the Spirit comes in to their life, and a tremendous power is now in the house, in your life. It's there. It's there. But that doesn't mean that you're going to experience that power. That doesn't mean that you're going to even use it, even though it's there. You've got to be plugged into it before that power is going to do us any good. So what does that mean, to be plugged in to the power of the Holy Spirit? Well, I think a lot of it is, is, is just being connected to God. And it's, and it's more than just, yeah, I became a Christian and I have the Holy Spirit, so I've got that power. Uh, no, it, it's more of a, of a daily, quality time, conversational, focused attention, love relationship uh, with God. When, when you're spending time regularly every day reading God's Word and, and lifting prayer up to Him throughout your day every day, talking to God, listening to God, seeking Him, worshiping Him, not just on Sundays, but, but every day. Uh, it's when you're in a constant contact with God, uh, that's when you're plugged in. That's when you're plugged in, and that's when the power is going to be available to, and, and be used. This is why there's verses in the Bible that say things like, be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, we're already, as a Christian, we're already filled with Him. So for a Christian, being filled with the Spirit means being plugged in to the Holy Spirit, being connected to the Holy Spirit so that you can experience and use the power that the Holy Spirit has available for each of us.